السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ویلکم ٹو مائی چینل انڈرسٹینڈنگ اسلام ان دس ویڈیو آئی وڈ لائک ٹو ٹاک اباؤٹ اے ریسنٹ ڈبیٹ between Dr. Javad Hashmi and Mr. Robert Spencer, which uh, was very interesting to me. And uh, this is a debate uh, that occurred, um, that, was, that took place um, back in December, uh, so a few months ago. And uh, it is a topic that uh, is, you know, very controversial and it's something that a lot of people talk about. And I would like to review uh, their debate and, uh, and give some... Uh, context to it and uh, especially the Ahmadiyya Muslim perspective uh, in regards to the topic that was discussed which is is Islam more violent than Christianity and it's a it's it's an important topic and but before I, I start talking about uh, this uh, debate um, those of you who have not yet subscribed to my channel uh, please consider subscribing and uh, also if you have any other Uh, debates that you feel uh, are very interesting and that, uh, you know, you would like to listen to my review of those debates. Uh, I would love to listen to your feedback. Uh, you can re- uh, give your feedback in the comment section or uh, you can reach out to me through my other social media channels, uh, especially Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Farhan Iqbal 1. All right, so is Islam more violent than Christianity? That was the uh, topic. Uh, Dr. Javad Hashmi, I believe um, he did very well in this debate. Uh, I want, wanted to say it uh, right in the beginning. He, um, he was very good uh, with his points. In his initial remarks, the opening statement, I think it was about 15 to 20 minutes. He covered a lot of topics that were really important. And I think... Um, Robert Spencer was never able to respond. The debate uh, went on for almost three hours. And uh, in the initial statement, the opening statement that Mr. Hashmi, Dr. Hashmi made, I believe that uh, Spencer, Mr. Spencer could not uh, respond to all of the points. Uh, they were so um, well laid out. I mean, I am a Muslim. And, and so you might think, if you're not a Muslim, you might think that this is a biased uh, perspective. First of all, bias is something that we all have, every, every person, uh, whatever their ideology is, whatever, whatever their beliefs are, uh, we're all biased in some way. Um, so, but, but, but regardless of any bias, I, I think if, even if you come, at, come and listen to this debate from a neutral perspective, you would share this understanding uh, that uh, this was uh, very much uh, a debate that uh, went in the favor of Dr. Hashmi. And uh, Spencer, even if you are a Christian or an atheist, you would agree that Spencer could not, Mr. Spencer could not respond to many of the points that were raised by uh, Dr. Hashmi. The first uh, thing that, uh, the first point that he made, and I think it's a very uh, valid point, is that um, we have to turn to scripture, right? And I, I think if nothing else, this is, the, this is the best point to consider 
that if you are considering Islam and Christianity, between the two, uh, the best uh, way to determine which is more violent would be to turn to the scripture. Uh, look at uh, the scripture that is seen as divine by Muslims and by Christians. And uh, Dr. Hashmi raised three points. Uh, you know, he said, number one is scripture, number two is history, and number three is the present day. So this clear demarcation is very important. I think it was very well done. Um, it, it isolates the scripture as compared to uh, what happened afterwards, how it was interpreted, how these things were uh, acted upon in history, and how they're being acted upon today. Because, you know, there, are, there could be many Muslims out there who are not following the true teachings of Islam. Right? From, and, and from an Ahmadiyya Muslim perspective, this is the case, that we have moved away from the original Quranic injunctions. Uh, and, and there are many Muslims who may name certain scholars whom they are following, but they are, may not be able to name the Quranic verse or, or, or reference the Quranic verse based on which they are acting in certain ways. Right? And uh, this comes up in the obvious topic, which was uh, jihad. But before getting into jihad, um, you know, Dr. Hashmi talks about the, uh, the just war theory, right? And he talks about just cause, just conduct, just peace. And, um, and, and when, when we look at the Bible, uh, it uh, does not have uh, these features of uh, just war theory. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the Bible, for instance, the just cause uh, given in the Bible is that, you know, the, the wars of conquests were allowed as compared to the Quran, which is entirely defensive. Wherever uh, the Quran does uh, tell its followers to fight, it's entirely defensive. And, and there are a bunch of references that I will show you on my screen also uh, that prove this. And then uh, when it comes to just peace, um, you know, in the Bible, uh, you know, everyone is considered an, an enemy and everyone is considered uh, worthy of killing, and including children. You know, there are many biblical references uh, that talk about genocide, killing children. And there's no limit that is prescribed by, by the Bible. There are later interpreters who would say, well, this was in the past, this is ancient history. Or... But the Bible itself is not limiting these commandments to, to anyone. And, and later on, uh, even up to the present day, there are many, many references made to these verses in the Bible to justify uh, many kinds of wars, right? And uh, so if I could show you uh, Dr. Hashmi, he, he gave many references, by the way, and uh, I can only show you a few of them. Uh, Numbers chapter 31, verse 7, they did battle against Midian as the Lord had commanded Moses and killed every male. No distinction. Uh, Numbers 31, 10, uh, all their towns where they had settled and all their encampments, they burned. Number 30, Numbers 31, 14, Moses became angry with the officers of the army, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds who had come from service in the, in the war. Numbers 31, 15, Moses said to them, have you allowed all the women to live? Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 3, so the Lord our God also handed over to us King Og of Bishan and all his people. We struck him down until not a single survivor was left. This is, this is total genocide. Um, and then there's a mention of a prophet that uh, uh, Dr. Hashmi uh, called a suicide uh, prophet. Uh, this is uh, Samson. 
right? And he says, let me die with the Philistines. He strained with all his might and the house fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So those he killed at his death were more than those he had killed during his life. Um, you know, talk about suicide attack. Uh, this is uh, mentioned in the Bible. And these are just a few of the many, many references that uh, Dr. Hashmi gives in his uh, presentation. And he goes through them very, very quickly um, and uh, because of the limited time he had. But he was able to get a lot of references. Another one is Second Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 to 2, uh, where killing of babies attributed to, to, to King David is, is also uh, given, uh, is also a reference. Um, and then, um, so, so giving all these references, uh, you know, which are in the scripture and the plain literal language of the scripture cannot be denied. Uh, it's there and, and no one can deny this. The interpretation that is made by uh, Christians is that, well, all of this is in the Old Testament. We have the New Testament now and um, the Old Testament doesn't matter. Uh, but the, the reality is that the Old Testament is still referenced to this day uh, for, for many, many things. And, and, and um, it was used to justify many, many wars up to the present day uh, and including all the centuries in between. And there's even a reference from the book uh, uh, Triumph of Christianity, uh, where Bart, uh, Bart Ehrman uh, talks about how the return of Jesus, right, as per the book of Revelation, would be to come back and destroy, um, utterly destroy uh, the people. So th th there are a number of references, um, you know, chapter 19, verses 11, 14, 13, and 15. Uh, so that's one point to keep in mind. The second point uh, to keep in mind is that Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, that he came to fulfill. There is no mention of him coming to destroy or make the Old Testament obsolete. You know, this distinction even between the Old Testament and the New Testament is a Christian uh, distinction that came much later. Um, in the early days, this kind of uh, distinction uh, wasn't there. And uh, Jesus was simply saying that he came to fulfill right, what is in the Old Testament, and he didn't consider it the Old Testament, quote-unquote. Uh, another point to be made here is that Jesus himself was part of the Godhead. You know, how can you divorce the Jesus of the New Testament from the Jesus of the Old Testament? Because from the Christian perspective, he's part of the eternal, co-eternal uh, member of the Godhead, right? He's, he's a person in the Godhead, and he is the one who is giving all these commandments that are in the Old Testament. If we go with Christian theology, the logical understanding is that Jesus Christ is also God. So if he's also God, then he's also the one who is uh, giving all these commandments uh, that are um, that are that that um, you know are found in the in the Old Testament. Right. Uh, the, the argument that uh, Spencer or other Christians would make is that the, this is in reference to particular people only. Um, and that God's wrath is not for all. Uh, but, you know, they, they, there, are, there are other references in, in, in the Bible, like Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 10 to 11, um, and other uh, verses uh, which, um, you know, can be interpreted to refer to all cities, right? All, all places. Um, and, and so does not specify uh, it to any particular um, people, the Bible itself. Um, there's a reference to Amalekites, which is a reference that is used to this day to justify wars against uh, those who are not Jews or Christians. 
Um, and there are many, many references that uh, Dr. Hashmi brought up in that regard as well. Um, then coming to the Quran, uh, there they, they were there were two aspects of his presentation. One was about the uh, the fact that the Quran does not give uh, a, a free um, you know an approach, a universal approach to to wars whenever you feel like it. The Quran specifies wars uh, being uh, you know something as something that can only be done in certain cir circumstances, certain situations. Um, for instance, there was this verse uh, that was uh, brought up, which is uh, chapter two, verse two fifty six like Rahafiddin, there should be no compulsion in religion, right? It's a very clear verse, there should be no compulsion in religion. Uh, then there was this verse which, is, which says, Lakum deenukum waliyadeen, for you, your religion, and for me, my religion. Very clear. The Quran is, the, is not endorsing the idea of uh, killing others or con forcibly converting others to the faith of Islam. Uh, and then when it comes to fighting itself, there is this verse, which is in chapter 2, verse 191. Uh, by the way, I, th these are the, the references, uh, without co counting Bismillah as the first uh, verse of the Quran. Um, it says, وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ وَلَا تَعْتَدُوا And fight in the cause of Allah against those who fight against you, but do not transgress. Very clear that it's all defensive. It is never offensive uh, warfare. Uh, and uh, then there's a peace principle, right? There's a peace principle that uh, Dr. Hashmi uh, talks about. And uh, he brings in many, many other uh, references. But uh, this is the main one, um, uh, which says, in janahu salmi fajnah laha wa tawakkal ala Allah. And if they incline towards peace, incline thou also towards it and put thy trust in Allah. Surely it is he who is all hearing, all knowing. So you can see that uh, these references, they, they are very clear when it comes to the Quran about defensive war, about the limits of war, about... Uh, and then there are, there are uh, traditions of Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, uh, such as do not kill uh, the, um, the civilians, do not kill those who are uh, not engaged in battle, the women, the children, uh, do not kill even uh, the, the males who are in service of God, you know, like the priests, uh, and so on and so forth. The list goes on. So it's very clear, the Quranic principles uh, are very clear, and Dr. Hashmi uh, mentions them um, based on his study of the Quran. Uh, he talks about uh, the five principles uh, which are in the Quran uh, for war and peace. And uh, number one is sanctity of life. You know, um, life needs to be respected. Number two, non-aggression. Um, uh, number three, uh, proportionality, which is qisas, which is another topic. I, I wouldn't get into that in too much, but, but basically it says that if someone is killed, um, uh, then the recompense would be to, uh, which would be equivalent to that. That's another aspect of this. Uh, number four is that seeking of peace, like the verse that we just looked at, chapter 8, verse 61. And uh, number five is the truce of God. There is sacred months where fighting is not allowed. So, so these are some of the principles. And when you look at, uh, comparatively, uh, when you look at the Bible, uh, there's discussion, uh, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, the Christians talking about just cause, uh, Dr. Hashmi notes that there are no verses 
for a just war doctrine in, in, in the Bible. When it comes to just conduct, there are no verses that limit conduct during war, such as the killing of women, children, etc. When it comes to just peace, uh, there are no verses that call for peace or mercy for, for, for an enemy. And, um, you know, so, so when it comes to the Bible, we don't have these kind of limits, these kinds of conditions for warfare uh, that, are, uh, that are ever mentioned uh, anywhere. And, 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 and given that there are certain, certain Muslims who have made the interpretations that there are verses that call for jihad or, or warfare against non-Muslims, uh, and those verses cancel out these other peaceful verses. But Dr. Hashmi points out that there are more than 200 peaceful verses. You know, you cannot take one or two verses that uh, and, and make an interpretation uh, that says that, oh, the, all the peaceful verses are now canceled. That's a really ridiculous way of interpreting the Quran. And um, there are some medieval, medieval uh, scholars who have tried to do that. But that's, again... There, there were political circumstances. There were, there was a context to when, when they did that, and uh, you know, the Quran doesn't support that. If they have moved away from the teachings of the Quran, um, then we don't uh, support that. We don't endorse that. And, and you know, Spencer was making the same argument uh, regarding the Christians. Well, if the Christians have used certain Bible verses to, uh, to wage. Um, to wage wars or justify their wars, then uh, they're responsible for their actions. The Bible is not, the Christian teachings are not. Well, if you are going to go with that argument, then that should also apply to, to Islam. And in, in, it applies way better in Islam because the verses in the Quran are very clear. The Bible is very ambiguous when it comes to these verses, but the Quran is very clear. And uh, if someone moves away from these teachings, then uh, they, they are responsible uh, for, for, uh, for that. And um, they, they, should be, uh, they should be held accountable for this, not, uh, not the, the, the teachings of the Quran and the Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when it was the turn of uh, Spencer to respond, you know, first of all, he skips over a lot of these arguments. And then when it comes to the Quran, he says, well, the Quran is open-ended. Uh, this is, uh, there is no restriction and this is all bogus. And he says, I have nothing more to say about scripture, which is, which is very strange for me that, you know, there are so many verses, so much material, so many references provided, and he has absolutely nothing to say. And, and the opening statement of Dr. Hashmi was very much focused on these references which he was showing on slides. And, um, and, and for, for Mr. Spencer to just skip over all of that and say, no, 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 the Quran is universal. What are you talking about? It's ridiculous. And his def defense for Christianity was that, um, that uh, well, the first Christian to justify uh, the, the, the wars was uh, a, a person named Bartov, if I'm saying his name correctly, uh, in the cr Crusades. Uh, who invoked these passages, and this was 1,100 years after uh, the start of Christianity, before, uh, you know, and before that time, there was no violence. Um, and this was an interpretive, interpretative uh, tradition. Um, and uh, he says that compare that to the Sunni and Shia schools of thought, uh, they all agreed on jihad and to subjugate the non-Muslims, the Hanbali, Shafi'i, Hanafi. Um, and then he, he goes on to quote Ibn Wahhab as well. Um, and, and all these uh, comparisons uh, that he was making. 
and you know it it was um, it was uh, ridiculous because he completely skips over these verses uh, that were pointed out and went right away into the historical interpretation of these verses, which uh, Dr. Hashmi was very good at pointing out that these two are different things. There's the scripture and there's the interpretation, right? If you're just going to jump in, into the interpretation, you're going to find, if you just want to find those people who, were, who, who made the most violent interpretations and say, oh, look at all these people in Islam, uh, it's 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 uh, very unfair, um, you know, honestly, and uh, and then say, oh, in Christianity there has never been such interpretations, which is, by the way, contrary to the truth. Then um, uh, this is ridiculous, you know. Even even in his, I, I believe it was in his opening remarks that he even quotes Khalid Sheikh Muhammad, who was one of the nine eleven hijackers, and 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 says, uh, look at what he did, and he's saying that this is based on Islam. Well, it's, uh, you know, we're not, you know, go back to the scripture first. Is he following the scripture or is he making up some interpretation of his? And 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 the interesting thing is that uh, Dr. Hashmi was able to respond to a lot of these things over the rebuttals that came after and even in the discussion, the open discussion that hap happened after. And he also pointed out this, which is very good, is that, um, you know, we have to talk about scripture. And, and I think he rightly pointed out later on in the debate that, um, Mr. Spencer seems to have, uh, you know, conceded that uh, he cannot defend his scripture, and even though Mr. Spencer was um, was denying this, but the reality is that uh, it was uh, pretty clear that he could not respond um, uh, to this. And there was a uh, there was an interesting uh, statement in the middle that I that I caught uh, where he says that. Um, uh, I, you know, the golden rule should be, I'll agree to interpret your scripture the way I want you to read mine, which is very beautiful, right? If you want to read um, my scripture in a certain way with a certain interpretation, um, you know, you know, if, 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 if I want you, rather, to re read my scripture in a certain way, um, then I should also give you the courtesy of interpreting your scripture in the way you want me to uh, interpret it. And so uh, some of these verses uh, were brought up again, uh, were discussed again, uh, that I've already shown you, uh, chapter 2, verses 190, 191, all that. Um, and uh, and uh, Spencer kept on just emphasizing, well, the Quran is open-ended and it's, all, it's violent, but he didn't really explain that. And, and if you don't agree, um, if you don't believe what I'm saying, you can go and watch the debate yourself. Um, you know, he did not seem to, and this is, you know, I've already, based on my notes, this is one hour into the debate, and he's already uh, just, uh, you know, on the run here, really. Uh, he's not able to respond any, uh, to any of this. And, um, and then he points out, well, uh, Dr. Hashmi's interpretation of the Quran is a minority. You look at Ibn Ishaq, he was talking about offensive jihad, Ibn Qayyam, and then he named a few others. And um, he says that, oh, there was no attack from Persia. There was no attack from Sindh in the early days of Islam. Why were Muslims attacking the Persians? And why were Muslims attacking Sindh? And why were they attacking the Byzantines? These are the strangest arguments I've ever heard, right? Um, there are two problems with this argument. And, uh, you know, even though after this it turned into an open discussion, so all of these points were not uh, fully discussed. But, but this is a ridiculous argument. I mean, Persia... Um, you know, the moment they heard that there's a prophet in Arabia, one of the first things that their king did was send an arrest warrant 
you know, all the way from Persia, they, they told the governor of Yemen to go and, uh, and, and arrest uh, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Right. That did not happen. There's actually a very miraculous story in relation to that as well, um, which, uh, you know, is not the time to talk about right now. But, you know, that's the, the, that's the kind of in those days. And, and, and uh, some time back, I remember an atheist, a former uh, Muslim, an ex-Muslim, made the same argument. And I told him that, how can you make this argument? Right. Regarding a time where empires were constantly on, you know, against each other. There was no such thing as a global village where, you know, or there was no such thing as a United Nations or other kinds of, you know, bilateral talks that were going on. Empires were always in a form of comp competition. There was a perpetual war that was going on between all these empires. And to say, well, why did the Muslims attack? Oh, there was no attack from the other side. It's, it's ridiculous. It's really astonishing. Right. Uh, you know, what would happen uh, nowadays if um, one country decided to to arrest the president of another country? Right. It's, it would be considered a declaration of war. Right. It's not possible. And, 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 and you know, so to say that there was no attack from Persia. And then later on, there are there's clear evidence of the Persians. Uh, you know, feeling threatened by the growth of the Muslims and 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 attacking and causing these skirmishes, uh, on, you know, in the Iraq uh, and, and Syria regions, uh, you know, they were doing that, and and so it's it's ridiculous to say that. And the same thing with the Byzantines, right? There, there was constant, there was a constant threat from the Byzantines um, that was uh, the Muslims were exposed to. To to say that that there was no threat is like, uh, you know, denying all of history. This is revisionist history, and it's ridiculous. All right, and um, then in the open discussion, uh, there was uh, this statement, uh, the idea from, uh, you know, the that uh, Mr. Spencer brought up that there was, there was peace before 1108, and Christians never um, made any kind of interpretation uh, that was violent uh, before 1108, um, and uh, this was, again, a very ridiculous assertion because Christians uh, were part of uh, the Roman, you know, empire. And they they were there. They were praying for the Romans. They justified those wars were of the Roman Empire were justified by these uh, Christians. And they were praying uh, for the Romans to win their battles. So the early church uh, was not as pacifist as Mr. Spencer wanted uh, to show, um, there was violence, uh, you know, const you know, in the time of Constantine. And, and then after Constantine, there was Theodosius, um, uh, you know, who, who, who quoted Deuteronomy um, to, to, you know, when it comes to dealing with the pagans, right? Paganism was banned and they were, you know, started to be persecuted, uh, you know, after Christianity became the uh, main uh, religion of the empire. So these are realities. If you look at the history, uh, these are realities. And I, I believe this was a very strong point. Again, um, there was mention of Pope Innocent IV. Uh, the, there was mention of papal bulls uh, that were dividing up the world into those who are Christians and followers of Christ, of Christ and others. And so, you know, there, there was all this, this violence that existed uh, throughout uh, the early uh, centuries uh, of Christianity and to say that none of that happened uh, is, is, is uh, again, a very uh, ridiculous argument and contrary to the reality.
Um, Spencer does kind of concede that a little bit. He says, "Oh, there have been uh, there have been innocent, there have been violent violent Christians uh, who have justified violence." And uh, they, the, the Pope, um, you know, if the Pope said something, it cannot be doctrinal, um, uh, you know, and, uh, the, you know, if there are others who have made these kind of uh, interpretations, I, we don't accept it. Well, uh, the same thing should apply to Islam. There are many, uh, many in Islam who have made interpretations in, in the history of Islam, which are, which are contrary to the Quran, right? Uh, you know, you cannot have uh, your argument and then forget about uh, letting the other person make the same argument. Um, the, 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 the difficulty that Spencer then point, tried to point out, and now this is a new argument that he was, because he was not able to defend this. He says, well, in Islam, there is an unbroken tradition of violence. In Christianity, uh, it isn't. It's, uh, it's very peaceful. And then all the way in the Crusades, there was an interpretation made to, to, to justify certain wars. And and this uh, is something also that uh, Dr. Hashmi was able to respond to, and he was able to show that there was a history of violence in Christianity. I already pointed out how in the early days there were the Christian priests praying for Roman success in battle. battle. There was Theodosius, uh, who banned paganism, was quoting Deuteronomy. Uh, there was Charlemagne. Um, if I'm saying his name correctly, uh, he uh, went on a lot of conquests, a lot of wars. There were attacks on Northern Europe. Then there were the Crusades. Then after the Crusades came, uh, you know, during the medieval years, there were more justifications of wars. There was the Spanish Inquisition, which lasted so many centuries. Uh, then there were the Crusaders uh, who came to North and South America, and there were so many indigenous populations that were killed or subjugated. Um, then there was slavery, right? So there's all this violence that 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 is there in Christianity to turn a blind eye to all of that and say, well, that doesn't represent Christianity. First of all, is unfair. Well, then again, the same thing should apply to, to Islam, right? And one thing I wanted to add here is that I am working on a response to uh, Spencer's book, uh, The History of Jihad. Uh, myself and a few other missionaries are working on it. And uh, inshallah, I hope um, uh, that it go, you know, it, we are, this year uh, there's some, imp uh, some, uh, some progress on that. It is uh, not as easy a book to write as compared to the other ones because uh, Spencer has taken his time to go into the history of Islam and point out uh, whatever negative he saw in all the different uh, kings um, in Islam, which is fine, um, you know, but uh, we do want to respond to as much of it as possible. So we are working on that. Uh, prayers are requested uh, for, uh, you know, for us to complete that project in the near future. Um, but that book did come up a lot. And this th same theme is in that book. He was trying to prove that from the time of Prophet Muhammad to ISIS, there has always been violence in Islam. So he was making this argument. And I, I believe Dr. Hashmi uh, pointed out very well that when you, when you look at Christian history, you know, it's 2,000 years. And, and when you start with the Bible, first of all, the Bible doesn't have those principles. There are there, there is so much universal, open-ended uh, verses that uh, talk about uh, warfare, and then uh, throughout the history of Christianity, we see all of this, uh, all of this uh, violence. So it was. Um, it's, it's, so basically, uh, the point that was made was that Spencer is being very selective 
when it comes to what he wants to show and what he doesn't want to show. Um, and uh, in fact, even in the beginning, uh, in his opening statement, uh, Dr. Hashmi pointed out some quotes from a couple of books of uh, Mr. Spencer that he wrote many years ago, where, uh, you know, he was very selective about his quotes from the Quran and then from the Bible as well, where even certain passages had certain uh, statements or certain words removed uh, to make, uh, you know, those verses appeal more from the Bible. And, uh, you know, conversely, um, to make the verses from the Quran look bad. So that's what he was uh, trying to do there as well. Uh, Lastly, uh, there was the there was the mention of modernity, right? Um, that in modern times, uh, are Christians, um, you know, peaceful? Christians are peaceful, and this theme came up later on in the discussion. That you know, in modern times, we have so much. Um, so much uh, peace in the Christian world and the Muslim world is still so violent and there's still all these terrorists. And I believe that in this regard as well, Dr. Hashmi made some very good, solid points. And one point, for instance, he quoted from a letter of Osama bin Laden, I believe from 2003, where he clearly said that, uh, you know, we are not allowed to kill civilians in Islam but we are going to do it anyways because the enemy is killing our civilians. So in other words, you know, this is very important. In other words, um, Islam does not tell uh, even the terrorists to to kill civilians and they acknowledge that, but but they are going to do it anyways as a political way, as a political response to uh, the policy of uh, certain governments, right? So it's 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 shocking that the Islam would be made responsible for the actions of these uh, terrorists. And there 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 are there are others uh, other examples. I mean, this was Dr. Hashmi's example, but in in my book, Understanding Islam, uh, which uh, by the way is available on uh, alislam.org and it's also available on Amazon. Um, uh, it, we, we quoted some other references uh, that uh, we uh, we were able to find based on the uh, the speeches and addresses of Hazrat Khalifa al-Masih the fifth, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmad, the current Caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat, where he has talked about these um, uh, some of these given some examples of uh, these terrorists. Um, like even in ISIS, he's given the example of, for example, the um, the German uh, journalist who went uh, to ISIS-controlled territory and spoke to uh, you know these terrorists um, and asked them that the Quran says, uh, in the name of God, the gracious, the merciful. Where's the mercy in what you are doing? And they were not able to answer. And there's another example of a um, you know we included this in our book, Understanding Islam, uh, an MI5 report which clearly said that these people who are joining terrorist organizations have nothing, uh, they, they have very little or no knowledge of Islam whatsoever. And uh, there was another captive uh, of ISIS who was later released, and he talks about how when he was in captivity, there was no, uh, there was no, he didn't see his guards ever reading the Quran. Right. So all of these uh, points are important. I mean, they, they, they didn't come up in this debate because it go, went into different directions. Um, but I just wanted to add these points that are related to this uh, theme of modern day realities. It's unfortunate that there are lots of Muslims who are behaving in a way that is anti-Islamic, 
it's not Islamic, um, but uh, it, it has political, um, you know, undertones. Um, and Dr. Hashmi pointed out certain, he even showed certain graphs of terrorist attacks in Iraq before 2003 and after 2003, right? and how they grew exponentially because of the war in Iraq or because of the bombings in, 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 uh, in Pakistan and Afghanistan and other places, um, you know, terrorist attacks just increased. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's uh, you know, that's, that's a very important point to remember. And one last point that he really pinned uh, Mr. Spencer on, and which was very, uh, very powerful point, and that was that if it is suggested that Christians have become peaceful or are peaceful in our modern age, then the reality is it is because of the secularization of Western countries. Uh, many people in the West have secularized. They have uh, moved away from from religion. They, they might still call themselves Muslims, uh, sorry, or Christians, um, and they might still consider themselves Christians, but they have moved away from uh, from Christian uh, teachings. And uh, that is why they are more peaceful. So if, if you want to make the argument that, well, Christians are very peaceful today, uh, you are re really not making an argument for Christianity. You're making an argument for secularism, which has m made, uh, you know, up until the time when uh, people were very religious in Christian countries, there were lots and lots of wars and there was lots and lots of violence that was justified in the name of religion. Um, but uh, in the last 150, 200 years, people have moved. There were some examples that uh, Spencer was trying to give that they, there were certain Christians who were abolishing slavery, for, ex for example. These examples, notwithstanding, the reality cannot be denied that as Western nations have moved away from religion, they have um, secularized and now they're saying that their religion does not endorse uh, these kinds of violence. Um, there are political wars of other nature, but that's a different topic. Uh, nevertheless, that's uh, what is happening. Secularization uh, is freeing Christians from violence. All right, uh, these are uh, the points that the notes that I took uh, for this debate. I honestly enjoyed it. Uh, those of you who are still uh, listening uh, and watching this uh, video, uh, just again, uh, a, a reminder that uh, if you feel there are certain debates out there that are interesting. I am interested in this topic, which is uh, violence, uh, jihad, and its misinterpretations um, and, and debates that are surrounding this topic. And I'm also interested in any debates that Christians are having um, with the biblical scriptures, reliability of the Gospels, those kinds of discussions. If you feel that there is an interesting uh, debate out there, um, uh, I would love to uh, do a review of that. There is another very big debate that is going to happen uh, in April uh, between uh, Dr. Bart Ehrman and uh, Mike Lacona, uh, if I'm saying his name correctly. Um, they, they are going to have a debate on the topic, Did uh, was uh, Jesus Christ resurrected? I, I forget the exact words, but it's about the resurrection of Jesus, that debate. And uh, it's a it's a paid only uh, online event. But uh, inshallah, after the event, I will be uh, reviewing uh, that debate uh, as well as a very long debate. It's going to take place the whole day 
from 9.30 a.m. to uh, 4 p.m., I believe, Eastern Time. So it's um, it's going to be a long debate, and uh, I will, inshallah, go through it. And uh, if, uh, you know, I wouldn't be able to comment on everything, but I will uh, take the salient features and especially try to give the Ahmadiyya Muslim perspective uh, on that debate as well. I hope you like this uh, video. Uh, if you have not subscribed to my channel yet, please do subscribe. I really appreciate it. And those of you who are uh, listening to this on my podcast, The Conviction Project, please subscribe uh, to the podcast as well if you have not subscribed yet. You can find this uh, podcast on multiple platforms, including Spotify and Anchor. Jazakumullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Muhammad, Muhammad, Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Salli ala nabina, salli ala Muhammadin, salli ala Habibina Salli ala Muhammad